Hi there. Welcome to the Fit Mom Life to the Fullest podcast, where we focus on how we can improve our physical health so that we can enjoy the life God has called us to, to the absolute fullest. What's up, ladies? I hope you're having a great day so far. Thanks for coming and hanging out. My name is Brittany. I'm a Catholic wife and mom of two boys and mystery baby on the way, who we find out gender like Oh man, I think a week from today when this comes out. So super excited. It's coming up. I don't know. I, I fluctuate and people have told me mixed as they always do. I'll have to put out a poll on Instagram and see what you guys think before we go. Um, I already told Ben <laughs> that I I have to go for the sonogram myself because of COVID and all that. So he's come with me the last two times and we have found out gender at the sonogram. But I'm going to ask for it in an envelope so that we can go home. I can take it home and we can open it together. But I kind of forgot that little setup already. And I was telling him that, so we have two boys. And I said, if it's a girl, I'm going to stop at TJ Maxx on the way home and buy some cute outfits. And he was like, Brittany, you're not opening it till you get home. And I was like, oh, right, right, right. Yes, that one. I'm not going to open it till I get home. Um, I said, I'll just like hold it up to the light and see if there's three or four letters in there. But anyway, as you can tell, getting very excited about that. I don't know. I just feel like it's a girl because this pregnancy has been so different in all the ways. I It's all the stereotypical things where with the boys, I gained right in the front, that little belly. This baby I have gained everywhere immediately. My skin's going crazy. Like it's just a whole different ball game that I'm like, there's got to be some different hormones at play here. But I have been wrong before and I could be wrong again. I would be thrilled if it's a boy. I originally said I wanted all boys. So <laughs> I feel a little bit like I've been a boy mom now for a while, almost four years. And it's going to be interesting if I have to shift that a little bit and figure out how to do the girl mom thing too. But anyway, I digress. I could uh, apparently just talk to you guys about anything today. But what I am talking with you about to you, I always love when you, here I go on a tangent, tangent number two already. (laughs) I can't even get through an intro. Um, Where I love when you message me and let me know what you, what uh, episodes you really enjoyed, which ones you took something away from. I'm here to serve you. I am truly, truly here to help you on your health and fitness journey and the way that that works into the rest of your life. And that's what I'm talking about today too, doesn't seem like it's inherently just about fitness, but there are so many parallels between finances and fitness, between your spiritual life and fitness. Like it's just, we are whole people, spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, and you can't separate these things. And you see all of the parallels and crossovers between things. So here we are with on a rant with you. So I like to hear what resonated with you. And it's usually the more surprising episodes to me that I'm like, oh, really? Like that one was spur of the moment or not really planned in there or something. And I just love hearing from you. I don't like it to be a one-way street conversation where I'm just talking about whatever I think you want to hear about and then never really get to hear if you did enjoy it or what you do want to hear about. So message me anytime. Let me know. Drop me a comment on Instagram or a DM or an email or whatever your preferred mode of communication is so I can help you and serve you and make sure I'm on the right track and not just going off the rails, which I might be today because we are going to talk about why you are failing. And it would make most sense for me to talk about this again as relates to health and fitness, why maybe you can't seem to stick with a new form of eating. Maybe you've been trying to track your macros and you're falling off. Maybe you're really trying to stick to a workout schedule. Maybe it is trying to stick to morning workouts, which is 
something I so promote and so value for the stay-at-home mom, but you keep failing at it. You keep hitting snooze. You keep not getting up. Like, why is this happening? Why are we doing this? Well, all of this, I'll backtrack a little bit because the reason this is, surprise, uh, spoiler alert, just an added episode that was not on the schedule. I do plan out what I'm going to talk about, and this one was not, and here is where it came from. I This weekend, how did it come up? Oh, I'm reading this book called Rise and Grind by Damon John, I believe is his name. He is one of the guys from Shark Tank. And of course, just the title Rise and Grind stuck out to me. Ironic because the one night, um, I'm definitely a night reader where I think it's also very hard to find time in my state in life. You know, a three and a half year old, a insane and insane one <laughs> one year old. My one year old is on a rampage lately. Like he is that he went from learning how to walk to now like sprinting around the house and he sprints around the house and literally like Tasmanian devils it takes everything out in one minute. And I know some of you are like, yeah, Brittany, that's what one year olds do. Okay, my first one year old did not do this. My older son was not like this. He was the most calm, chill dude. And I did not understand that not all kids are like this because he was so calm and chill. He would sit, I look back, you can look on my YouTube, I have videos where I record a 30-minute workout and he's sitting on the floor watching me and like laughing and playing with like one single toy. <laughs> and I am like, oh my word, that would never happen with Joey, my second. So anyway, I'm not doing much reading in the middle of the day and my mornings are mostly workouts or work like right now I am recording this podcast before they're awake. So I don't do much reading unless it's at night. So I'm reading this Rise and Grind book. I stay up till 1.30 in the morning reading it because that's what I do. I get on, I cannot stay up past 8.30 for anything. And then if I start reading a book, I'll be up for hours. So I'm up reading Rise and Grind. Of course, ironic because the next morning I do snooze my alarm because I've been up so late. I'm like, well, I read about rising and grinding, but it's not happened. Anyway, <laughs> it is a very good book so far. And I, I love, again, books like this that are hustle, do this. Like, I think that it just, it's not that I'm obsessed with being as productive as I can be or like the alleged grind or hustle. I just like to hear about this side, like the people that are telling you it's okay to really push yourself and to go for something and to expect more of yourself. And this is kind of where this started out. So Rise and Grind has a bunch of different like case studies of celebrities and some people that you would definitely have heard of and some that you haven't that um, he like interviews and they say it in their own words, their own story and things. And then Damon pulls morals kind of thing from it or just like principles of how to apply this in your own life that he pulls from their story. So one of the people is Kyle Maynard and I've, I had heard of him years ago I remember when I taught middle school, I used him as an, like an inspiring example. And he was born with a congenital heart, not heart, congenital dis- disorder disease where he, his parents were told that he would be missing probably some fingers or toes. Usually somebody born with this kind of disorder or disease are born with some missing limbs, but that's how it usually looks as like a couple missing fingers or toes. Well, he was born with no arms and no legs. So he literally has like his forearms. Um, not even his forearms, but just his upper arm up to like his elbow and then his lower half just to his knees. It ends there. So he 
has a chapter in the book. Very, very inspiring. Now is very interesting because before when I had heard about him and even taught about him, I was not a parent yet. So now seeing it from the parent side, it was so interesting because he, they just told him like, you're not disabled. Like you can do whatever you want to do, like figure it out. So he had prosthetic arms and legs and he decided to take them off when he was I believe in kindergarten, I think he was around five and he took him off because he was so limited in his mobility. And he said it was worse that he would like drop a toy on the floor at school and have to have a teacher come pick it up because he couldn't get down as easily. Whereas without his arms and legs on, he could move around really well at home. So he just made that segue like right away. He played street hockey and his mom would like organize the tournament so that they were, he was included and they were at his house. His parents just really went out of their way to make sure that he was included in things, that he was treated normally. And you're reading this, and I'm talking about it with my husband then after, because I was like, oh yeah, do you remember Kyle Maynard, blah, blah, blah. So when he was in high school, he also was, uh, he tried wrestling and lost his first 35 matches. And then he still did it a second year. The, that first year, he was begging his parents to pull him out and they wouldn't let him stop. They said, you signed up for it. You will finish the season. And I have to give my parents credit because that is something they always had too. I, I signed up for bowling. Absolutely hated it on Saturday mornings. would wake up and go to a bowling alley. And I begged them to let me quit. And that was their rule was you don't quit something mid-season. You finish whatever you signed up for, eight week, 12 week, the whole year, whatever. You finish it and then you don't have to do it again. But obviously, in this case, way more drastic. I mean, to watch your kid, he's out there in a bear crawl. He can't walk on his two legs. So he, again, this obviously without the prosthetics, he always has to be down on all fours. So you're watching him get literally physically beaten every single match for 35 matches. And some people called it borderline child abuse. And he, his parents didn't let him quit. And then he went back and did it the next year. And he actually became really good. And went on to win something and I don't know, you can look it up, but I'm talking about this with my husband and Josh is overhearing who's three and a half and he's like, wait, what are you guys talking about? And so we explained it to him as good, you know, way to be able to talk about people who are different from us and what we do with that. I try to find that opportunity anyways, if we see somebody, you know, in a wheelchair or something, but we don't, especially, I don't bring them many places. We're not seeing many faces honestly outside of our family and our extended family right now so it there's not as many spontaneous opportunities to talk about these things so we were talking about it and it's hard for him to obviously understand that what somebody born with no arms and legs looks like or acts like so it leads into us looking up youtube videos and i'm showing we're all watching like interviews with the parents and ben and i are like tearing up but we showed him he kyle went on to i Oh, my word. Sorry. <laughs> One more time. Words. I'm trying to speak too fast because I'm excited about this. He went on to hike Mount Kilimanjaro, the highest peak in Africa, and he and it's the highest freestanding peak in the world. And he literally had to bear crawl it. And some people don't make it on, you know, who are fully physically capable. So we're showing Josh this and everything. And I'm feeling like so inspired, so excited for the day. <laughs> and it's on a Saturday. I'm like, I'm going to do everything. I drive to value to go buy random things that we like have procrastinated doing, like changing some light bulbs or buying batteries and stuff, doing just that like little restock. And I'm listening to Catholic radio. And this is not, I'm not meaning to be insulting here. I understand that everybody has different personalities, but I'm coming off this high of 
oh, how inspiring and like people do awesome things with their lives. Then I listened to Gatlin Radio and I don't even know who the host was, but um, this caller calls in, they're talking about Lent and the call and the host is like, so what did you give up for Lent or how's your Lent going? And the caller, I mean, we are like three days into Lent. This was the Saturday after Ash Wednesday. So we hadn't even had the first Sunday of Lent. And the caller said, well, I have decided to do X because I didn't want to set myself up for failure by giving up something like chocolate for 40 days and, you know, just failing at it. So I didn't want to do that. So instead, I'm just going to pull something from a jar where I do a kind thing for somebody every day. And the host is like, oh, that's so wonderful. I agree because we set ourselves up for failure. And I understand the mentality behind that. So lest you think Brittany is this uncompassionate, incompassionate, discompassionate, whatever it's the word is, human being, I understand where that mentality comes from, not setting yourself up for failure. I understand and would never tell anybody to take on 50 resolutions in the new year. When I start training one-on-one client, I do not say change these 19 things at first. We start with one thing at a time, start drinking more water. So I get it. I get the mentality. However, like let's step back. Is giving up singularly chocolate for 40 days the hardest thing in the entire world? No. Like, why are we setting the bar so low for ourselves? And this is why I think that many of us do fail. We don't expect ourselves to succeed. We honestly expect ourselves to fail because the culture so much is like, we don't even realize it. It's kind of um, promoting failure. Like, it's almost a, a positive thing now, especially in mom culture. Like, the hot mess mom thing is so glorified and like not having your act together is the norm that it, it's just like almost more popular or common to do that. Like the person that actually sets a goal and does it actually says, I'm not going to eat chocolate for 40 days and doesn't eat chocolate for 40 days. It's like, oh, well, they're like the anomaly. Like, <laughs> no, it's it's because maybe they're expecting a little more of themselves. So that really just struck me. Again, I'm not trying to rip apart this poor lady trying to give up, you know, do nice things for someone every day. That's nice to do nice things for someone every day or rip apart the host. I just think it's just so reflective of our culture on, again, a Catholic radio station of instead of calling us on to like, oh, remember those saints who literally mortified themselves every day or who went so above and beyond, like put rocks in their shoes and (laughs) just like did the dang thing that we need to just kid glove ourselves so much like so what if you did fail that's the thing if I think that we need to go into things with the expectation that we are going to succeed but then it is a discipline and it is a way of growing and speaks of your character to be able to fail at it pick yourself up and keep going so what if you tried to give up something really hard for Lent and you failed day two Don't just scrap the whole thing, but pick yourself up, start again where you are, move forward. We set the bar so low. Well, I just don't want to, you know, set myself up for failure and say I'm going to do two 20-minute workouts a week. You can do two 20-minute workouts a week. Again, look at people. I've talked about this before. Look at people who are doing it. Look at people. This is why I think it's important to read those kind of books, to read inspiring biographies to look at people who are doing hard things. Don't look at the meme on Facebook that tells you, mama, to the mom who's hiding in her closet from her kids, 
you are enough. Like (laughs) that's not what you need to read. All right. I just lost half of you listeners. That's fine. I really don't care because what I hate about those memes while we're on this little topic is those ones, especially the ones that outline all the terrible things that you probably did that day that are like to the mom that yelled at her kids, to the mom that lost her cool, to the mom that whatever gave her kids Cheetos for dinner. It's like you are enough and just go lay your head down and know you are enough. Here is the thing. You don't actually know if they, what they did was enough that day. We are called to more. We are supposed to be holding ourselves to a higher standard. The Bible tradition is very clear on how we are supposed to be as a mother. Go read Proverbs 31 and it definitely doesn't talk about the mom who yells at her kids and gives them Cheetos for dinner. I am not saying I am perfect and I'm definitely not saying that. (laughs) Hang out with me and you will surely see. But I, we need like, come on. That can't be the norm. That's my point. I'm not perfect. I do have days. I literally had a day this has happened one time in their whole lives, but literally one day I forgot to feed them dinner, which is <laughs> just to further prove that I am like not above rebuke here. Uh, funny thing though, because they they woke up from nap. It was like 4.30. I gave them a snack. And then it was one of those days that Ben was working till like 9 p.m. So we don't eat a family dinner. So usually I feed them dinner at like 5.30, then whatever bath, show, bedtime. However, they'd eaten a snack at like 4.30. We just were playing a lot. We did bath, show, bedtime, and we get to bedtime, and Josh is like, I'm really hungry. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, I actually did not feed you dinner. That is why you were hungry. (laughs) So anyway, I mean, you could also do that, just not feed your kids dinner. But see what I'm saying? Like, this cannot be the norm. That happened once in their lives, and they had eaten a snack. They were fine, but I did give them dinner. So like, we just glorify, though, and like the, oh, it's fine if you're, again, hiding in your bathroom eating chocolate because your kids are annoying you. That might happen one day because you're having a really bad day. Everything is going wrong. And yes, you taking a minute for yourself and hiding for a second, composing yourself, asking for God's grace and going back out is, you know, better than grabbing your kid by the back of the neck and losing your cool and that kind of thing. But we act like it's just like the norm and that it's okay and that that is what we should strive for almost. Like that's the bare minimum that we need to do as a mom. And and it's enough. You are enough. You are wonderful. We will clap for you because your life is so hard as a mom in 2021 where you literally can have groceries delivered to your door. Don't even have to leave your house. You have all these things at your fingertips via the internet. You are not like nursing civil war soldiers in your backyard but you know our lives are the hardest they've ever been allegedly as moms right now so (laughs) you can tell my feelings on that subject but again we expect so little of ourselves this is why we're failing at whatever goals that we are like not even setting I think that's the point is like we're not even setting hard goals and I've heard that from other people in the health and fitness world too of like similar to that lady's Lent comment well, I just don't want to set myself up for failure by saying I'm going to track my macros. Well, that's stupid. And I'll be the first to say that. I'm going to name that as stupid. Who, like, it's not hard. Go back and listen to Getting Healthy is not hard. You're on your phone enough anyway. Open up the MyFitnessPal app. Jot in the couple things that you're going to eat for the day. And there you go. You've tracked your macros. We build things up to take so much longer than it actually does. If you just do it, you can't actually do it. You didn't need to fail at it. And then, yeah, maybe the first week you try to track, you only track three days instead of all seven. 
that's fine. Then try to add a day the next week. It's not like we avoid doing these things because we just don't want to fail at it. And I'll be the first to say that again. I, I'm not above this. When I'm talking to you, I'm talking to me. I almost this, we usually for Lent as a family do no treats except on Sundays as the bare minimum, like bare minimum people. That's what some people do year round. That is what some monks do and other lay people even year round is no treats unless it's Sunday or a feast day. Like again, we've set the bar so low for ourselves that giving up a treat on a random Tuesday or Wednesday seems like an absolute, like we're cutting off our own limb, like get over it. It's a treat. No one's listening by now. Hi, mom. No, she doesn't even listen to my podcast. So, <laughs> oh, if you made it through the end of this, then uh, you can let me know. But um, I almost gave myself that pass, is what I was going to say, as the little pregnancy card. This is another big one that we just give ourselves. Like, we have a whole pocket full of like a wallet full of excuses that moms love to pull out. Like, well, I was on my period. Well, I'm pregnant. Well, I'm breastfeeding. Well, I was out of coffee. Well, my kids had a tantrum. Like, yeah, these are all life things. So buck up. Prepare for it. Like, read the scriptures. Say your prayers. Grow in holiness. That's what we're supposed to do. It's not, again, not that I don't fail. (laughs) I very much do. I I just hope that I can make that apparent enough. You don't think I'm on my soapbox telling you this. But it's how we handle it. It's how we move forward. It's how we uh, expect things from ourselves. Like, I'm not... I don't expect that every day I'm going to lose my cool with my kids. Some days I do lose my cool with my kids, but I'm not going into the day having that low expectation for myself. Um, So I almost took that out this Lent was what I was going to say that, uh, well, I'm pregnant, so I don't like doing anything food related because what if I have a craving? Who cares? Who is the master of my cravings? Me. Like just because I want a milkshake doesn't mean I need to have a milkshake or I'm going to die. It's not how life works. We care way too much about our feelings and emotions than like our own self-discipline and dying to ourselves. So moral of the story, guys, I didn't want to set the bar solo for myself. I am still giving that up with the rest of the family because that is what we do as a family, as a bare minimum, then we all do our own Lenten things as well. And I'm not here to criticize you. I also know that somebody else's whatever, level zero, it might be somebody else's level 100, not saying I always looked at things this way, but I think that that's where we need to go. I need, I think the purpose is like, think about yourself in five years. Do you want to be the exact same person you are right now? Hopefully not. You hopefully want to be more patient, more understanding with your children, more, you know, uh, humble, all of these things, more self-disciplined where these, these are like muscles. Like if you can say no to yourself and deny yourself, it's easier to do it next time. You get more in the habit. You Again, you're getting graces, like grace by grace, day by day. Keep asking for them. Like let the Lord just fill your bucket and let it run over and stop worrying about you needing to do it yourself. Like I just need to give myself grace and I just need to fill my own cup. No, that's not, no one says that in the scripture. That's what our culture says. Mother Teresa, go read that beautiful poem, The Fruit of, uh, what is her quote? Now that I just said it, and I'll display my uh, my <laughs> my spiritual gift of paraphrasing, because I never know the exact quote. The paradox of love is uh, love until it hurts, and then there can be no hurt, only love. Something along those lines. It was definitely a paraphrasing, but it's and like 
the Lord will fill your cup. We don't need to worry about filling ours all the time. Yes, you need to take care of yourself. Of course, that those are the things that God like told us to do <laughs> is to practice good hygiene and take care of our bodies and take care of our souls. And he already expects that of us. It's not this big extra self-care thing. I'm, I'm deviating too much. Now I'm kind of just getting into all my grievances with the culture. But focusing back on the point, because I do need to am running long in length in this rant, but um, stop setting the bar so low. We're failing because we don't expect anything of ourselves. It's like, again, look at it with kids. If you expect them to act wretched in public, they're going to act wretched in public. If you expect that they listen to you, the first time that they have obedience, they will rise to that occasion. It is not going to be the first time. That's the point here. You might not, if you really struggle giving up treats and you try to say, I'm going to give up all treats for all 40 days, you will probably, yes, fail at it a few times. But don't go in expecting it. Go in with a good attitude, ask for God's grace, and get as far as you can. If you fail, pick yourself up, keep going. Same thing like with your kids in that example. The first couple times, if you've not been expecting them to obey you immediately in public or in private for that matter, but I'm just saying in public tends to be the place where like, okay, little junior, time to leave the library and he throws himself on the ground, has a tantrum. Okay, but if you like allow that to be the norm and kind of just excuse it away, well, he's had a bad day, well, this, well, that, then you are just starting to expect it. Same thing with ourselves. Well, I ate sweets because I was upset and blah, blah, blah. You're just excusing it away. No, like... Tell God you're sorry, pick it up, move forward. It's not that it's going to be 100% perfection, but expect more of yourself. Like fail at bigger things. There we go. That's the takeaway line. I got to end there because <laughs> I could talk all day to my zero listeners still listening. All right. I love you guys. I really do. This comes from, I hope you know, a very well-meaning place and that we can all encourage each other. I am so encouraged when I look at my fr- my really faithful, great friends' Instagrams or the things they're doing in their motherhood and their lives that are just inspiring, that are holding themselves and pushing themselves to do really not just like cool things, but things that enhance the lives of their families or, you know, are bettering themselves in some way to serve better. I'm so encouraged by that. So that's what I'm, I'm really, there is an encouragement wrapped up in here. So I hope we can all set the bar a little higher for ourselves. If you've been feeling it, your Lenten activities, let's pick it up. Let's keep going. We got a long while ahead of us. All right. Have a great day. I'll talk to you next time.